what since the second half really how much they've really struggled charged with finding some stability from this scrum and he can't find it that's a mighty shot a mighty Mark Lester the scrum battle resumes now and a big shot from Brazil oh that's sensational the next episode of the journey of a grassroots rugby coach and as always today's episode is brought to you by bull and bear crew bull and bear crew is a range of men's skincare products they have a face and body wash they have a beard wash they have shave oil moisturizers face mists they have all their products are available in 100 mil travel bottles so you can take them with you when you travel and you carry on luggage they're all reusable, recyclable, and refillable. You can buy refill pouches to refill bottles you have at home, or you can buy larger at-home bottles that you can use straight from Bull and Bear Crew. Um, head on over to their website, www.bullandbearcrew.com.au, buy some products, help keep the podcast alive. And in today's episode, I'm chatting with Tom Cooling. Tom's a young coach, new to the game, uh, recently played. Uh, he's recently graduated from the University of South Wales, where his studies were around sports coaching. He is the head of the Rugby Academy at Parkhouse Rugby Club. He has a theory where he just likes to talk to every coach that he can and takes a little bit away from every person he meets, which is sort of why we do this podcast, so we can learn from everybody we speak to. He also spoke about trying to generate players in the under-18 age group, which, as most of us know, can be quite challenging at some point. Um, and we spoke around questioning um, and he's at his training sessions, his feedback. So it was good to get a young coach who's very aspirational, get some of his ideas around coaching and what he, he wants to achieve out of the game. So hope you get something out of this. I've got some notes that I took down during the conversation. As always, give us a like, give us a thumbs up, refer us to somebody else. Word of mouth is how we spread. Uh, leave a review. Uh, that helps with the algorithms that help us move up the charts and more people get to listen to the stuff that we do. Um, and as always, sit back, relax, and enjoy my chat with Tom Cooling. Well, I've got <clears throat> off the field and then on the field learnings. Yep. Yep. Um, off the field, like talk to every single person that you can and message like what I've done this summer since being back from uni. I just messaged every single person I could on LinkedIn, um, just asking uh, for Zoom calls, phone calls, just for their experiences, what can I do? And that, that's got me into um, Healing Trail Finders uh, Academy um, pathway, just chatting to loads of different people um, and give me loads of different opportunities. But yeah, chat, chat to as many people, as many people as you can, um, go to different environments. All right, mate. Well, let's make a start so you can uh, turn in for the night. Um, <laughs> all right, Tom. So thanks for joining me. Um, just for the, the listeners that may not know who you are, uh, who are you? Whereabouts are you at the moment? And what's your involvement with the grassroots game? Right. So I'm Tom Coolin. Um, I've just graduated from University of South Wales, um, studying rugby coaching and performance. Um, 
and I'm currently in a job at Selex School as a sports grad. So that's just helping out in the P department, um, doing all the crappy jobs, but then also have quite a bit of a fun time because um, there's a lot of rugby in the first term. Um, and I've got the under 15 A's as my team to run, which is pretty good fun. Um, not not amazing rugby players, but great boys to coach and really coachable. So I enjoy that and they want to learn. And I prefer to have boys who aren't great rugby players, but want to be coached and want to learn more rather than great rugby players who are just really annoying to coach and don't want to learn and know they're good and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, there's also a bit of a challenge because obviously ability-wise, you've got to, got to get them to have fun as well as winning games within school rugby. Um, but yes, I'm, I'm really enjoying that at the moment. Um, where I am, I'm in a base in Kent, so just southeast of London. Um, lived here all my life, apart from those three years I was in Wales for uni. Um, live with my parents at the moment. I'm, I'm only 21. And obviously just come back from uni, bit of a bit of a struggle, especially this current climate. <laughs> um but yeah, no, um what else? I was I went to uh King's School Canterbury um since from year nine to year thirteen, so for five years for secondary school. Um that's really where my where I decided I wanted to have rugby in my career. Um Made my under sixteens when I was an under sixteen. Um, yeah, as a got made captain for my rugby team, almost got an unbeaten season, but we got beaten in the last game. Um, still, still remember that because uh, it was quite annoying. I got injured within ten minutes, and I felt like uh, Cristiano Ronaldo when he got injured in the Euros on the final. And he, got, and he was on the sideline screaming at all of his teammates and I was doing the exact same thing. I think that's where my coaching journey sort of started, if you get what I mean. It's just, yeah. I absolutely loved it. Um, but yeah, so that's a little bit about me. Yeah, no, that's good, mate. So you're relatively new in the coaching space. Yeah. Um, and that that's that's awesome as well. So um, have you had any... Disappointments, um, or in the coach in the coaching space, um, that that you've been able to look back on and take some learnings out of. Um, not really. Disappointments, obviously. There's been a couple of jobs I've applied for I haven't got, but um, not been many disappointments. It's been tough decisions. Um, so at the moment with my current club, I'm um head of the uh, academy at Parkhouse Rugby Club, uh, which is uh, in Bromley for people who live uh, in England who know what that is. Um, and I've been approached by another club, I'm not going to say what it is. People who know me know what it is, but I'm not going to say it. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no problem with that, mate. But, um, yeah, <laughs> uh, been approached by another rugby club to be their head of academy. Um and it's, it's a very respectable club and it will look great in the CV. Um, and there's loads of pros and cons, but I've got this got this word in my head, which I'm kind of annoyed about at the moment. It's called lo it's loyalty. And I just can't get it out of my head. And I absolutely love the club that I'm at the moment. And I couldn't imagine if I leave it at this stage. Um, 
Chelsea were only two, three months into the season. And we've had a tough time uh, at the current club. We're in a rebuilding phase. Um, and it's a massive theme over the whole of England, the under-18s this year. We just don't have enough of them because of COVID. Um, yeah. They, like, current under-18 boys, they've lost two, three years of proper playing. So it's been this year has been really hard on recruitment. Um, so we've got the least amount of under-18 boys throughout the whole country, um, which has been super hard for me, especially coming coming into this world of rugby coaching. Um, very tricky, but uh, I've, been, I've been doing my best, really. Just reaching out to local schools and putting on different events, trying different things, um, taking my experiences from Wales when I was playing at a club over there, um, trying to bring it over to England, to the club that we've got. Um, but, yeah. So it's, it's not it's not really a disappointment or heartbreak. So it's, don't really want to disappoint anyone else at my current club by leaving. Yeah. Um, I think anyone else, if they had that decision, they would do it straight away. But because it's me and I'm a bit... I'm a bit stupid sometimes and I do like the loyalty <laughs> and I do I do respect um my club too much, I reckon, is what um what I've been told by uh one person. Um I respect them too much, which is pretty weird. But um I don't know. Bit, bit of a tricky situation, especially yeah. as a young couple. But, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a really tricky situation um to be in, especially like in the start of, of your journey with your yeah. Do, you, do you concentrate and have discussion with a coach about this just the other day? Um, do you cons do you concentrate all your efforts on where you are now, or do we get too yeah. focused on what's next? And then we're yeah. not giving the best to the the players we've got, and yeah, we have pretty exactly. much, you know. And there's there's some of the challenges that we face as coaches, like you said, um, around that, especially if it's a club that you. Um, you've been involved with for quite a number of years. Um, it's difficult. I know coaches that have been at clubs for, you know, 10, 15 years or more, like player, coach, and then when, yeah. they, when they've got to move on, it's really difficult for them to... Yeah, well, to be fair, with, with my situation, I've only been at my club for five months, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, and they've made me love them, which is, which is fair play to them. Um. And as I said, we're in a rebuilding phase and the club that want me, um, which is quite nice to be fair, being being wanted by a good club. Mm -hmm. Um, the club that want me, they've they've had their age grade boys stay and they've got an amazing situation over there. Um so yeah, as I said, as I said earlier, anyone anyone who wouldn't take it would be a bit stupid, but that's me. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. sometimes sometimes things happen for for a reason as well. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, difficult situation to be in. Um, so, in the, the short time that you have been coaching, um, what's some of the lessons that you've learned? Especially, um, and it's really good because we've like with yourself being in that new coaching space, you're probably learning lessons different than the stuff. That, oh yeah, that older coaches learned many years ago, and have probably forgotten about them. To be to be to be fair, yeah. um, but there's so because there's so much to learn in that first couple of years. Yeah. Well, I've got 
off the field and then on the field learnings. Yeah. Yep. Um, off the field, like talk to every single person that you can and message like what I've done this summer since being back from uni. I just message every single person I could on LinkedIn, um, just asking uh, for Zoom calls, phone calls, just for their experiences. What can I do? And that that's got me into um, Healing Trail Finders uh, Academy um, pathway. Just chatting to loads of different people um, and give me loads of different opportunities. Um, I got uh, Rob Baxter's email, um, Exeter Chiefs DOR. Uh, which is pretty cool. Chatting to people down at Crusaders. Um, and I've, I've been with Sarri for a while, so we've chatted to different people over there. Um, yeah, chat, chat to as many people, as many people as you, as you can. Um, go to different environments. Like last night I was at Brunel University, which is um, Ealing Trail Finders Academy. Um, so that's, I got there through messaging people on LinkedIn. Um different contacts that they have and that was really great just being involved in that like amazing environment um because when i was at uni we played uh their first team at um at the their ground at brunel and got absolutely smashed um luckily i wasn't playing i was on the sideline <laughs> but seeing, seeing seeing my mates getting absolutely smashed up by these massive um eating trail finders academy boys um, it's something that I wanted to be involved in. Um, and it was great to be at a training session last night with them. Um, I had a good chat with uh, Paddy Gill, the head of the academy. Um, he's a great bloke, to be fair. Very funny. Uh, and then going to be more involved with them uh, soon, which is quite good. Um, so, yeah, chat to as many people as you can. Then on the field, it's just experiencing everything. Always make sure that you're with someone who you can learn off. Um, make sure there's someone be better than you on the on the pitch. It might not be better overall, but better in a certain aspect. So uh, I'm a forwards forwards man. So make sure you have a backs coach there you can learn off. Um, ultimately, you want someone who's at the top of their game you can learn off. But if there's only little aspects, um, that will help you so much. Um, so I'm still looking for a, a really good backs coach to have my under 18s. Um, we've got we've got some decent guys at the club, but we've not got any like proper professional, amazing sort of um, backs coach that I can learn off well. Um, I'm still learning off a couple of couple of people at the club, um, but yeah, um, don't don't be shy. Just get on it straight away. Um, don't dilly dally about. Make sure that you're getting out there. Just go to your local local club. Just observe to start off with. Once you get more confident, talk to the coaches. Um, ask to be involved. And you're never going to get a paid job straight away. Hundred mm. percent, especially in rugby. So you got you got to put that time and effort into it. And you won't get rewarded straight away. Um, but eventually it will come. That's what I've learned recently. It will definitely come. Um, and I've experienced my first um, little reward uh, with my boys under 18s. We've been rebuilding for so long, had our first match a couple of weeks ago. We lost, but it was an amazing performance. Um, and I was, I was so proud. I got quite emotional towards the end, seeing how much effort I put in. And then 
seeing it, like seeing the boys actually doing so well with it. And I loved it. And yeah, it was great. So it will come. Trust the process. 100 percent Yeah, and that's there's some good good points in there, mate. Um, like you said, learn off other coaches. Um, and I remember I listened to Wayne Smith, you know, like the guru of coaching. And yeah. he said, I know nothing about what goes on in the scrum. He said, I know enough, but I get guys, yeah. I get I've got guys for that. And yeah. I you know, I watch what they do and, and I know a little bit, but not as much as that next guy. And you just think, well, if, if that guy can say that, you just go, we're doing all right. Yeah. Um, yeah, up until a couple of years ago, I didn't even know what a fullback did. I've always had my head in the front row. So it's sort of <laughs> um, what the back three did, I had no idea, but I'm slowly learning because I've got, you know, I work with some really good back coaches. Um, yeah. Yeah, and the other one, like, just ask people, you know, ask people, talk to people. Oh, 100%. Connect, watch other people, um, run a session, ask them, you know, not not what they're doing or why they're, yeah, why they're doing it, but what what are they trying to get out of that session? Yeah. Um, and I think that that's really good to do. And I think a lot of... Young coaches and coaches starting out, that's they get that they feel intimidated around that in that space. About oh, if I go and ask this guy this, he's going to think I'm a dickhead, and you know. But most co- all the coaches that I'm, I've spoken to are all like, "Yeah, man, come along and you know, yeah, have a chat and have." And even if even if you, you know, and we spoke off air, even if even if you're wrong or you don't agree, that's okay. Oh, can, so, yeah. it, it creates a conversation and. And stuff like that. So there's some, yeah, that's some really good advice, mate. Especially for really new coaches. Um, I find I like watching like under eights coaches and under tens coaches. Um, just the way they manage, like those kids, like herding the cats, as I call it. Um, But we do a lot of, we do, we call them um, pump up games or vibe games, like just to bring everybody up yeah and all that stuff is straight from the under eights yeah you know just those stupid oh, yeah. I, those stupid games that, that you um, play and you know i was at uh sarah's community camp today and that goes from under sevens under, up to under 15s and i still use um like little circle games with my under 18s that i use yep. with under seven and stuff yeah um and under sevens love it and under 18s love it they might find it a bit stupid at first but once they realize like what it's actually doing, then they, then they get to love it. And well, it is they, great. And some people still use adults and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, they love it because it's a game and it's a contest. Yeah. And I've got someone I can beat. And, you know, yeah, they just I never underestimate the good a good under-8s game. Yeah. Um, so what do you – and I – I'm going to preface this with I don't know how the academy structure works over there. Yeah. Um, do you have, or even at club level, or even at, like you said, at the school level, you've got um, a kid that might be his first year of rugby, he's never played before, um, but he's turned up because all his mates play. And, you, yeah. you know, he's that kid that can't catch a cold in the middle of winter. Yeah. Or, you've, or he's 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 there because his best mate plays and his best mate, you can tell this kid's on a trajectory to, yeah. 
to go somewhere. Um, what do you do in your sessions to develop both kids? Because you've got to keep the new kid interested and keen, especially yeah. at schoolboy level. Um, and we find over here at club level, um, because that kid's probably going to go on and be the club president or the major sponsor yeah. or, you know, that he's just that person that, you know, or the guy that marks the lines and fills the water bottles and yeah. does all that stuff. Um, yeah, man, yeah. While, while, while progressing the guy that's on that elite pathway. Mm. How old are you thinking? Oh, like? mate. <laughs> Obviously at the point where they're sort of trying to look at probably under 12 level up. Okay, yeah. Because anything uh, anything but below under twelves in my theory is about fun and teaching them tech oh, yeah. the right techniques and stuff. So it's sort of under twelves mm. and up. Okay. Um quite a tricky question that. So you've basically got like a Joe Lowry then an Austin Healy kind of sort of situation here. Oh, potentially, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um Austin Healy obviously being the person who can't catch a cold. <laughs> no disrespect to him, obviously, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, so you want them working together as much as possible, I think, um, to kind of show, to kind of assist both of them in different ways. So the better player, they can gain more confidence in themselves if they're kind of helping coach the uh the, the player who doesn't have as much ability. Um, so that'll give them a lot more confidence. If they know they're better than someone, then the overall confidence throughout the whole game will go up. Um, for example, um, one of my, a couple of my under-18s boys train with the seniors every now and then, playing against these big, big men, obviously not contact, but like training with them. And then when they get into an under-18s game, they feel so much more confident because they've they've been playing against proper men twice their size and they're going against under-18s who are their size and same age. And it will just help a lot. Um, have that confidence and them knowing that they can handle it. So with this better and worse player situation, get, as I said, get them, get them training together. Do start off with the easy games, obviously. Um, just basic handling skills. Try and not coach the lesser player too much yourself. Get them to sort of learn it from just watching and observing other players. Because um, obviously, obviously, if you coach too much, then they'll their head will get filled with too many different things. Um, they hear one thing from a player, a different thing from a coach, and it gets flooded and they probably won't enjoy that. Um, but the main thing with that is getting them to come back and keep on trying. Um, so you get, you obviously can't beast him. If you've got a great player who you know you can push a lot compared to a lesser player, you obviously got to go to the lesser player to bring him back um, to keep on trying. But well, that is that is a very tricky question. But I don't really know how else I can answer it. Yeah, no, and, that, and that's fine. I mean, and like I said, I don't know how the academies and stuff over there work. But yeah, over here, you know, 
we have those issues, especially in the female space. Yeah. Um, like if you're coaching a women's team, you've often got, you know, potentially elite players turning up and then women that have never played before. So you've got to try and get the balance right. But yeah, yes. There's, there's all different. There's a few different theories around it, so it's just it's just good to um, put some ideas out there for people to think about, and that's yeah. you know that's sort of what this is about is putting some ideas out there. Um, what about feedback for your players? How what's your oh, theory I around feedback? Because there's heaps of different theories on it, and yeah, um, I go so in depth of it with it. Um, so as I said with our first club match a couple of weeks ago um, we had 19 players play and in the afternoon of that match of that um, day that we had the match I literally spent I think three hours on my laptop just typing up um, paragraphs for every single player that played and towards the end when it got to the um subs or impact players as I call them not subs um as soon as I got to the impact players uh, when they only had 25 minutes compared to the other boys who had uh 65 or whatever um it was quite hard but and I got quite bored of it but that first 15 typing up for them I absolutely loved it um just writing everything rugby which was brilliant um but yeah that that took three hours um Obviously, you've got to have a lot of determination for that. Um, and it was a Sunday, so I had a bit of time in my hands. But um, yeah, I go, I go way, I don't, not way too in depth, but I go very in depth. Um, and if you want to read it, you read it. But yeah, but I do also love, oh, with school, school boys, I just use videos all the time because they don't, they don't read that. They're not that interested in rugby, mm. they just want to play it. And they're not too, most of them aren't too bothered about um, that sort of like written feedback. So I just get loads of little like under five, five minute videos off YouTube, um, how to improve um, different things they can try out. Sent a whole um, uh, page of links uh, from one to 15 uh, different videos um, for different positions. Uh, so props, did a video, hook of the video second round and so on um then if there's one boy who comes back for feedback um i write loads put in videos uh put in um, a couple articles loads of links to stuff um usually most of my feedback is online obviously with um emails and whatsapps and stuff like that um then when it's in person you've got to just do short and sharp because either it's during a session or right after a session, just short, sharp little things because they won't process loads of different things when it's when it's in person. When it's written down, then they can refer back to it. But in person, they, I, I'll take like two or three points from, if someone gives me 10 points, I only take away two or three in person. So I need to have it written down. Um, yeah. you know, similar to most people, but yeah. I Basically what they did well, what they can improve on and how they can do it. Um, those sort of three things I go through when doing feedback, but yeah. Yeah. Um, what about feedback during a session to a player? Um, like during a drill or a, 
triple aim at training, how do you stop the drill or do you just have a chat to them? Uh, depends if it's obviously if it's, if it's something like if it's dangerous or something they've got to yeah, stop yeah. and all yeah, yeah. That stuff. Um, if it's something like uh, if you're receiving the ball and you haven't got your uh, right foot forwards or the right hand up or something like that, um, then just pull them aside quickly whilst the others are still carrying on. Hopefully, have a, you'll have another coach with you who can still make sure that the drill carries on. Um, so you can, uh, like to call it snipe snipe coaching, um, where you're kind of like sniping those little individual things that can be um, picked up quick, like quickly. Um, so if you spot, spot someone not doing something right, they can easily be adjusted, snipe in on them, pull them out quickly, just tell, adjust your hands and stuff like that, just all that kind of stuff, then get them involved straight away. Um, one thing I learned pretty early on that I got wrong um, when I was first involved with um, uh, Cardiff Rugby age grade um, with Vale of Morgan Schools under 15s. I I told this um, quite young prop that his positioning was bad. Like just because one of my first experiences in rugby coach, I just told him it was bad. And um, the head coach came over to me at the end of the session and said, you can't just tell a young kid that he was bad because he's going to go home and cry about it probably. So, um, so that's one that's one thing I took away and will never forget. Um, and I remember a couple of sessions later when doing the scrummage again, I said, what can you improve? Or something along those lines. Um, and I got a bit of respect from the head coach um, from saying that instead of saying you're bad. Yeah. But, um, uh, but yeah, if it's during a drill, just pull them aside quickly. Um, then get back into it straight away. Not only, as I said earlier, only two or three points, nothing, nothing long. Um, so what I said, just won't listen. But yeah, it also depends on the type of player. To be fair. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I've got players that you know some like the big carrot and the little stick, and others like the little carrot and the big stick. So you, you've got to, yeah, you, you've got to know your players and how they want their feedback to be given how or how they're going to take their feedback some of them need you know put your arm around them and take them out for coffee and others are just like you can yeah. tell them straight straight to them so yeah that's yeah that's um uh so questioning questioning around in in training sessions um do you do a lot of questioning oh, do you do yeah. group questioning or again is it that one-on-one -on -one question what type what's i Always, I hardly ever want to tell the team what to do. I always ask questions. Like at, at the end of every session I've done with my club, I say, what do we think? Yeah. Just trying to get different brains to come, just different things to come out of different people. Something that I'm probably not even thinking about might come up. And then we can go off that as well. But yeah. I always, at the end of every session, I always say, what do we think? Um, and after every match and all that kind of stuff, uh, even when I'm training with seniors, um, when yeah. I'm when I'm training myself, if there's an opportunity to say it, I'll say it, and then different things will come up. Um, but then also I like if if someone is doing something wrong in a drill, I was like, I, I usually say, how can we change it? What can we change? Why can we change it? Um, when, where? All I hardly ever tell people. I always ask. Um, 
that's that's kind of how I coach it. I always ask questions, try and get it out of the player rather than telling them. Yeah. Um, also, it also kind of it makes my life a lot easier, to be fair. Um, yeah. rather than rather than telling all the boys what to do, just they know it. Just get them out of it, just by asking asking one simple question. Yeah, um, that's that's a good point, mate. They they know what they should be doing. Most most of the players know what they should be doing, um, or what what we're trying to achieve. But yeah, asking mm. asking them, and I think as as young coaches, um, I know I was terrible at it. Is being comfortable in the silence after we ask them a question. Oh yeah, yeah. Because we know that, um, you know, I know what I want you to say. So I'm going to ask you a question. If you don't answer me in two seconds, I'm going to give you the answer so we can get yeah. on with it. So yeah. most of the time, they, my boys used to just stand there and wait for me to answer it, and then they'd run off. And it was like, yeah. and I'm not actually listening or anything. So yeah. now the guys I've got now, they they know that I'm quite happy to stand there. I don't care. Yeah. So, but yeah, it can get quite uncomfortable till the players, I think getting the players in the habit of answering the questions. Oh, I understand. And not just... From a- you know, for me, you go, oh, what can we improve in in that drill? And the first thing that comes back, oh, our comms. No, go away. Think of something else. Yeah. Or what? Yeah. What do you mean? What do you mean by comms? Oh, yeah. You know, my boys don't. My boys don't say comms anymore. It's all. Yeah. You know, I love it. Or if it, or if it is comms, it's my communication to the guy outside yeah. me was poor. Cool. That's what I want. Yeah. You know that. that Listening to you with that on that podcast with Merlin, you talking about comms for for a while, yeah. so I'm going to take that away with me. But um, uh, from a complete different point of view about asking a question as yeah. a coach, um, when I first started out, sometimes I wouldn't know what to say. Um, I knew I wanted to say something, but I didn't want to say anything that was just a little passover comment. So sometimes I would just say I would ask a question, even if I didn't know the answer, yeah. to see. If See if the other boys would just bring something out and trigger trigger something in my brain. Yeah. To see if I can actually say something else on top of that. Um, that's something that I use um like starting out, and sometimes I still use now. If I'm if I'm in a situation where I don't want to be, I don't want to look stupid by saying something, sometimes I just ask a question out there, and then something else will come on top of that. So that's I hope that will help some other people who would in a sort of similar situation where they're in a, they're in a very good environment but don't want to look stupid, ask a simple question to everyone and then yeah. go off. Yeah, and sometimes it's the, what do you reckon we can do to make that drill better? Yeah, something Some, simple like that. Something simple like that and then someone yeah. will have an answer and then you can dig into that or that might be yeah. what you're after or, and stuff like that. Yeah, um, And get the players in the habit of knowing that I'm going to ask you a question. I, mm. I, some, and sometimes I will ask as a group, or sometimes mm. I will go, Tom, what do you think about this? So they don't know whether they're going to get the, oh, I can stand here and say nothing, or I'm actually going to pinpoint people. And mm. so just because some, some guys are just really shy, and that's, that's fine as well. So, yeah. Um, so what would a normal training, session for you look like around um skills and transitioning that's those skills into what resembles a game of rugby um 
well, there's that classic uh, coaching technique, the whole part whole mm-hmm. uh, thing where you do a start off in a game based situation. So you've got a scrum on the 22, you're down by two points. Um, you've got two minutes left in the match. What do you do? Um, start off with that for five minutes, redo it a couple of times, see what the players do. Then can break it down. Um, different situations, so different backs moves, different moves off the scrum, um, drop kicking uh, drills, and then go back into it again, um, back into that game situation after 10, 15 minutes or something like that, depending depending on what type of players you have, what type of boys that you have, whether they pick it up quickly or they need a bit more time. Um, so, yeah, there is that classic sort of um, way of doing it. But I I, don't, I usually start off with skill-based drills and yeah. then towards the, end, towards the end of the session, I make it more game-based. So when they finish the session, they come away like feeling happy that they've just because obviously everyone wants to just jump straight into a game rather than doing boring drills and stuff. But um you can't you can't obviously you make drills fun by doing different types of things with it. But if they finish the session with a high on a on a high with a a good game, then they'll definitely come back next time. Yeah. And that's 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 one of the main aims of being a rugby coach, getting them to come back. But um also try and if you do all those skill-based drills during the start of the session, hopefully during that game, uh, at the end they'll use those different things in that game. Might not be relevant to the actual situation, but it means they can try it out there. Um, and yeah, different things like that, really. Yeah. And what about errors during training? When you're in those, uh, those different block, like the skill block and then the game block or whatever, whatever terminology coaches use, what's your thoughts on players making errors? Unless if, they're, unless if they're absolutely stupid and it's not worth doing, then obviously um, I, I love errors. To feel. I love it when people try different things. Um, but unless if there's a prop trying to drop kick from halfway or something like that, then just... Get on with your normal job, you idiot. But yeah, <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, I love I love it when uh, like the wingers try out the back passes and stuff, and um, little grubbers here and there. People like different people trying grubbers. Um, obviously, you want every single player in the pitch to be this whole complete rugby player. Um, so I, I, I kind of I like it when you see like a back row before the start of the session kicking towards goal, trying to develop that bit of that part of the game. Um, because you never know when you might need a back row to kick for goal. Um, but yeah, I, I do I do enjoy seeing um little things uh being tried in sessions. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm in favour of it. I'm a, I used to do it at school when I was training. I used to try different things. Sometimes coaches hated it. Sometimes they liked it. But training is a place to try to try things out. Rather try on a training pitch and a than a match pitch, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm in favour of it. Yeah, no, that's good, mate. Um, and thankfully, the when I started coaching and the way I was coached was you didn't make errors of training. Um, 
And even yeah. now, well, if, I, if, I run a, if I run a, if I run a catch pass drill or a tackle drill, and that looks so perfect, it means it's not hard enough. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Like, sure. go, oh yeah, that that drill looks really good, and you go, yeah, the boys are they're not working hard enough, or mm. they're not improving because they're not making errors. Yeah. Yeah. It, it does depend what type of situation you're in, um, to be fair. So if, if you just come back off a really big loss where the boys just weren't trying hard enough or something annoying like that, and then you come into a session where they're just messing about really and not taking it seriously and making errors through that way, then obviously you don't want that to happen. Yeah. But, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, it, 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 does, it depends on loads of different things, but... Um, Usually, I'm I'm in favour of boys because as you, as you just said, it means they're working hard and they're probably tired, and that's where mistakes are going to come from. Yeah. Um, which is good in the end, like in the ultimate end of things. But yeah. Yeah, and I think that's a good point you made there. It's about the the effort that's getting put in, and the, um, are we still playing to the standard we want to play to, even though we're making those errors? Rather than oh they're just there and they're just mucking around, but yeah, yeah that's a totally different scenario. Yeah, um, then yeah, the guys are dropping the ball because they're fatigued. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> you know we're playing, you know one v four. You know that so you're going to make mistakes and so yeah, depending. But as long as they're putting that effort in and actually giving it a crack, I'm I'm quite happy with errors. Yeah. Yeah, well same. Yeah, cool. Um, and we briefly touched on this before, um, and this will well, this will be the last bit so that you can head off and do what you need to do. Um, coach development. Um, yeah. What What do you um, do? And I'm not. Um, I talk about coach development different to coach education because coach education is. You know, you go off and you sit in the classroom and you get your level yeah, one, yeah. level two, level whatever, whatever level that you're at. Yeah. But it's what you do away from that to develop yourself as a coach. Um, what's the stuff that you look at to do? Well, looking back at that, just that coach education bit. Um, on Friday, I went to an RFU CPD course, uh, a scrummaging course, because um, my um my ex rugby coach from a uh, uni. Is now um uh coach educator uh Jack Bearstow. He's um pretty good lad. I was going there to support him really, um and also just to get something on um on my online uh profile. And I turned up, thought I'd learn learn something from it. Didn't learn anything. I knew I knew everything that was already on the course, and I didn't need to be there. Um, but saying that, there was. Seven, seven or eight other people who were there to learn and most of them were twice or three times my age and a lot of the times I felt like I was teaching them which felt amazing because yeah. being 21 and teaching people who are 40, 50, 60 <laughs> it felt so good um, so that sort of development um, obviously I, I was there to be educated but I was developing myself a lot, weirdly, without without having an aim to. Um, but that that was amazing. Um, and 
yeah, knowing that I helped them throughout my different experiences and stuff. Um, that's great feeling. Um, but in terms of other development, I was chatting to um, a guy called Gareth Rice, who's uh, in the Eating Trail Finders, uh, part of the academy, I think the academy manager. Um, I had a chat with him during the summer. And he said he spent, I think, uh, what was it, a week or, or maybe even a day um, in a kitchen with a Michelin star chef, um, just observing how he leads and organizes his uh, team. Um, and just being in that different environment. Obviously, you can go up to Eddie Jones and see how he leads training session and stuff, but being in that complete different environment, learning how a head chef does it in a great restaurant, it, and obviously it's so different, but you still see those kind of similar, similar leadership traits, but in a complete different environment, which will, which is something that I'm looking to do at some point very soon, just go in a completely different environment um, and just learn off leader there. Um, but I think that's one of the best ways to develop yourself, chuck yourself in at the deep end, not know what is going to happen, then see what you take out at the end. Because what, what, what else is better than doing that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, um, as I said, I, I'm looking to find something that I've never, ever done before. Uh, with someone who's amazing at their uh, job or hobby or whatever they're doing and learn off them through that. Um, it might take a day, it might take months, it might take a year, but I'll be well up for it. And from what Gareth said, it's probably one of the best things that you could do. Um, but yeah, I'm always looking to do that. Like as, as I went to Brunel last night, I'm always looking to get into different environments, learning off different people. Um, I mean, I'm currently looking for... Um, a mentor for my RFU level three um, for next year. Um, and I I know so many people that can do it, people I know well who could do it, who I'd like to do it, but I want someone who I don't know at all, mm. um, who can give me a complete different, different perspective of anything, of everything, sorry. Um, but yeah, I think that's what development, that's how to do it, to chuck yourself in at the deep end. Yeah, interesting. I've had and I've had a few coaches say that that they just go and look at other sports or other things and yeah, and just you know pick people's brains about because it's not about the tactical and technical stuff. It's like I said, it's about the the management side of it and how do they look after their players or their staff and how do they deal with this and um, yeah. So that no, that's really interesting, mate. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, AF, um, AFL is obviously quite a big thing in Australia. That's something that I'd love to be involved in um, in terms of uh, like being in that sort of environment and learning off a leader and that. Because mm. um, I don't know a lot about AFL. Um, I like the idea of it. and I've seen all the massive hits on YouTube and the highlights reels, highlight reels and stuff, and it looks pretty cool. Um, done a bit of it in training. Um, but, yeah, so something like that. Um, would be great to do. But yeah. Yeah. No, that's some 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 good um good advice there, mate. Um, really enjoy it, mate. Thank you so much for your time. I know it's late over there. Yeah, enjoy it. It's it's uh late for for you over there. So um, mate, like I said, I've got some notes here, and I think the listeners will take a few things away from from our discussion. Um. But yeah, thanks, Tom. Uh, really appreciate it.
Yeah, thank you. And I'll, I'll let you know when this goes out. Yeah, that'll be really good. Thank you very much. I've enjoyed right. it. No worries. Been good. That's a mighty shot. A mighty one. Leicester have driven them off their own ball. That is monstrous. Yeah. 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 Yeah.